Play football. Play to the rules. Play to the referee. Cross your fingers up, you get a slight look. And may the best team win. Liverpool versus Everton. We're a fantastic 2-1 win tonight. Uh, uh, I mean, Tones, Rob, who did, who we've got on, on at the moment, uh, we've got to have uh, another regular podcaster and host there. Glenn is joining us. She's on a long drive home and she's been snowed out. Um, and no no guy tonight either, so I think he's been um, pilfered by Anfield Index or fucking somebody. Great, we'll have some air left in the room then. Yeah, so, um, but but you know, guys, what what fantastic results! Eh? I mean, it's it's been a difficult week yeah. with with everything that's gone on. Um, no, no less the the Philip Coutinho saga, the Emery Chan contract situation, uh, the Virgil Van Dijk uh, signing has almost gone under the radar. And then we come out tonight and we turn the event over two one. I mean, overall as a result, are you happy with this? How we played tonight, Tom? I think we've seen us play a lot better. Uh, to be fair to Everton, they played a decent game. Sam Allardyce has done has done some bloody good things there. And he said they weren't going to play fancy football before the game, and that was quite clever of him. I thought they played a really good game footy. And we were looking a bit jaded and, and missing a couple of key characters, weren't we? So to, to pull the pull the game out of that, I thought was brilliant. Uh, and uh, Rob, how difficult was it for us tonight with everything that's been overshadowing us to actually come and, uh, and put in a performance? Or, 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 or does it not affect the players? I mean, what do you think? I don't, I don't think the um, the the current uh, goings on has affected the players. I think it was a matter of having uh, a few positional changes, introduction of Van Dyke, uh, Lallana being maybe well, he's maybe at eighty percent of what he used to be. In terms of it having affected the team, I don't think so. It just seemed like Everton came out to, uh, and credit to them, they came out to stop our football, and they stopped us a lot of the time. A lot of the times, not resulting in anything for them other than us being stopped and then having to go back and rethink. But uh, rethink we did several times. Um, for for a while there, I was thinking, okay, the referee is going to make some questionable calls or or non calls. It's it's a Merseyside derby, so some of the decisions he made was or non decisions were uh, eyebrow raising. Well, I mean, for, for myself, I mean, I thought I thought the referee left a lot to be desired today. Uh, we, I'd rather talk about the overall result before I start talking about individual events. Uh, 2-1, home game, tough match after the week that we've had. Moving into the next round, Tones, how, 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 do, you, how do you see the overall picture for, for us going forward in this competition? I think a lot of that will fairly obviously depend who we get, but what an amazing, and I'm, I'm not trying to jump into a, different, into a different conversation, but what an amazing shot on the arm for the team that game was. Because... Mm. All of a sudden, you've got a man in defence who's telling the keeper what to do. Yeah, he's telling the players to either side of him what to do. And Lovren would just have been flopping all over the place. So actually, not just not just for the cup, but in terms of the way that we will perform, I was well ready, right, for this not not to be something that changed the team particularly. And I think. He has changed our team fairly significantly in one game. I'm delighted. I, I, agree, I agree with you, Charles, there. And, and Rob, um, f- for me, right from the minute 
one. I don't know what it was, uh, and because because he, he, we'd barely seen him play the game, but I just felt completely calm and in control of that whole defensive situation because you could just see how he was there, and it just gave you the sense of calmness to to a certain extent. I mean, did you, do you think it is is it just who he is? Is it just the the, the aura that he gives off? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there were several shots of him on, on screen of him yelling at other people to get back, get forward, to carry us, to move in. Uh, a lot of arm movements. So it's, um, his communication was body language as well as positioning, as well as shouting at, uh, at his own players. The thing that Tones and I mentioned uh, uh, in a previous pod was uh, the dynamic within the team would change. Now, Van Dyke, Milner and Robertson down that, down that left side, they just boss that left side. Uh, I mean, Belassi struggled to have anything within the first 20 minutes. And Robertson mm-hmm. in particularly uh, um, impressed me because, well, positionally he's great. He's, he's just as quick as Belassi, if not quicker. He's great on the ball. He's calm. He knows where he's positionally and where his teammates are positionally. And he knows that, hey, Belassi doesn't have a left foot. So keep him on his right and I'll be fine. But also when he got, did get pulled out of position, moving forward, moving back, uh, or to the inside, there was always Milner or Van Dyke there um, backing him up, and they seemed to rotate through uh, that um, that bottom corner quite quite quickly and easily together. And that comes from great communication, and I, I credit that to Van Dyke very much. Absolutely, I mean, to me tonight he was just the, the leader that we we've been asking for for so so long. Yes, seventy five million is a huge amount of money. It's a ridiculous amount of money, and it's going to take many years, I feel, for him to repay that. But what a first night that he's actually produced today. Um, there's nothing he could have done for the goal, I don't think, uh, that, that, they, that we conceded. But um, and, as, a, as a defensive performance, you could just see the confidence in Matty, Joel Matty. He was a different player tonight as he, as he is when he's playing against Lover and he's jittery, he's nervous. And he was a, he was a different centre-back. And I think that's the, you know, going forward, that defensive unit is probably going to be the preferred defensive unit arguably Moreno at left-back. But when you, when you looked at Robertson tonight, Robertson, to me, was uh, man of the match. Yeah, he was, nine. he was a nine. Yeah, Albie's Albie's got to fire his way back in because Robertson was absolutely peerless. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant. Yeah, I, I completely, just... completely. It's good. It's great to hear that. No, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing to apologise for because you know at the end of the day, Moreno was brilliant the first half of the season. He had he had a, he had a bit of a shitty half against um, Sevilla, which can happen to to anybody. But, you know, the, the, the fact that Robertson's come in and he's just been absolutely fantastic and he's grown and grown and grown every game. And tonight, you know, arguably a, a really difficult player to play against in, in Yannick Balassi and he handled him. He bossed him. Yannick Balassi had nothing. He had nothing. He had absolutely fuck all. It was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, um, if I could just touch on quickly, Van Dyke and Matip drawing off him. There's a few situations where if it was a Matip and Lovren or Matip and, and Raggy, they would have headed back to a keeper in a situation instead of just hoof it or just go for safety uh, or um, hoof to safety when, in fact, Carries was there and available. Van Dijk just seemed to make the right decision at the time. I was thinking, oh, shit, don't go back to the keeper. Don't go back to the keeper. Lo and behold, he's headed it back into play and off toward Mane. But um, I think Martip saw a bit of that as well and thought, you know what, it's okay to, to hit the touchline when in doubt. And I, think, I, th- I think it absolutely is. And you could see that. I mean, Van Dijk, he was talking throughout the entirety of that game to, to his back line. He was in absolute control. And I think there was one situation in the second half, uh, I think it was the free kick on the right-hand side of the pitch when Blasi had gone down, uh, which they were bringing in. And, and I just saw him. He was, the, he was the deepest of the defenders, but he was telling absolutely everybody where to be and talking to carriers as well. 
Uh, and yeah, it got, it got cleared up, but you never felt at any point that they were likely to win a header in the box and score. He could be very, you're going to hate me saying this, he could be very good to, for Mignolet. Yeah. Because we, we know Mignolet can stop, right? But what we don't trust is his instincts in the box. And if he's got someone telling him what to do and, and the trust is established, he could transform Mignolet as a keeper. Potentially. Pigs, but... pigs, pigs might fly. But... Well, but, but, I, mean, <laughs> but I think you can, you know, you, you can't get any worse, Mignolet, no, no disrespect. But, you know, when, when you're 20th in the league for, for, for saves, when you're getting the most shots on you, um, that, that, that's going to be a difficult thing to do, you know. Carrius today, the, the, I think I think that was very deliberate playing Virgil van Dijk and Carrius because the way Carrius plays as a goalkeeper is very sweeper keeper, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I think that was very deliberate. And you see that tonight. It was uh, I don't know what the fuck that commentator was on about when he kept saying that uh, our oh, Carrius does everything so slowly. I mean, what planet are you living on? You know, it, perhaps he was making commentary on the fact that um, Carrius today um, <clears throat> he didn't push the fast ball if it wasn't there. He'd look around, he'd go for it, and then he'd hold it. Waited for everyone to clear the box from time to time. Previously, he might have pushed it a little too too far, released it a little too quickly. Our players weren't in position. This time, it seemed like he had his head on. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I want to talk about a couple of incidents, and in, uh, particularly in the first half. What incidents? Wayne Rooney's no incidents. Wayne Rooney's <laughs> tackle. Wayne Rooney's tackle. Now uh, that tackle for me was sending off all day long, and uh, that's, that's not being biased as a Liverpool fan against Devon. No, I mean I've. I've I've seen tackles this season for much less uh, get sent off. But if it hadn't have been for the fact that Joe Gomez is so fucking quick, uh, yeah, exactly. really good on his feet, and he, he didn't make a meal of it, Wayne Rooney could have caused, A, it caused a lot of damage, but also, B, if he hadn't have been so fast, like, it, it, it could have been quite a, a much more serious incident. He, he, he avoided an incident um, by just... Uh, by being quick and, and moving his leg out of the way. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. Thomas, did you think that was a centre-off? I did. And I thought Allardyce did exactly the right thing in getting him off the pitch because he was just embarrassed. He he was second to everything. Um, embarrassing to be to be subbed off like that. It would have been more embarrassing when he got the inevitable about? yellow. He was going to get another yellow. Rooney allowed Everton to equalise. But, 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 QC, never came in. Who changed the game, by the way, for him? I also think that uh, Rooney, Rooney could have got a second yellow card for the tackle in the second half. Yeah, uh, just, and and yeah. it, it was just me, or did the referee seem to tip the wink to the to, to the substitutes bench and say, if he doesn't, if you don't, if you don't take him off, he's going off next foul? Did that happen? It seems yeah. so. Oh, he's in danger. You better get rid of him. Yeah, I I I, I, I could have sworn I saw that tonight, but. You know, maybe, maybe it was just me because I honestly think, and this brings me back quite neatly onto this onto the second situation, uh, the Mason Holgate situation. Everton could have been down to nine players for me in that, in, in the first half yeah. because what Mason Holgate actually did. The first one was a booking, absolute nailed on booking from the way he pushed um, Bobby Firmino into the crowd, uh, and then the fact that he actually put the hands on the referee. And pulls him up and pulls him away. Uh, the, the only thing that we saved him was the, the the fact that A he's twenty years old and the rest of the guys um, pull, pulls him away from the situation in the first place. I mean, I thought what what Mason Holgate did was absolutely disgusting. In in any other game around the world, it's 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 something. It's not just all oh, this play on. Yeah, my only nervousness is did Bobby say something? He did say something, and uh, and I can tell you exactly mm-hmm. what he said. Um, oh, go on, then. 
if, if you if you look at me, he spoke to him in Portuguese, obviously in Brazilian, mm-hmm. uh, and he said, Fila de Puta, so he called him a little motherfucker, right? But the, the, the way he actually says it, um, that, that, the way they pronounce the P and the Puta, it looked like he spat up. If, if, you, if you look at the replay in slow motion, he says Puta, and then Mason Holger goes fucking mental. It's like a softer kind of P, so it looks like you're blowing out rather than pronouncing a P. So, I mean, but there's absolutely no spit there, and then the Everton player was absolutely right to pull him away. Mason Holgate was banging out a line. There was absolutely nothing racist about it, which Alan Shearer was alluding to. Um, I thought that as well. I thought, oh, shit, has he said something? I I thought that initially, but then when I actually looked back on it, uh, and and you could see exactly what he says, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm fluent in Spanish, I'm not fluent in Portuguese, but I, I I know my Portuguese swear words. So it was it was blatantly obvious what he said to him. Yeah, um, I just thought, yeah, as soon as I saw it, I thought, oh, I thought, please, uh, Bobby, don't don't have said something, or maybe you've said something that's commonplace in in in, in Portuguese or Brazil, and uh, it, in, in translation sounds really really awful in English. But uh, when I saw it in the end, I like, I did like, let's go back to what we're really talking about here. He shoved him into the stand. He shoved him while he, he was did. off the pitch. Which which in itself tells us I'm not a booking. I thought it was, I thought that was tantamount to a red personally. The damage he could have done to himself, going over the ones, we've seen people break legs doing that. I actually wondered if Firmino said something to him when Holgate was coming in behind him. No. Because he seemed to react angrily to something. That, that was my nervousness. I think he was just charged up and just mm. frenetic, they were playing it. It could, could just be Bobby Red Mist. I mean, the, the, the thing with, Bob, with Bobby, Bobby doesn't react. Angrily to, to pretty much anything. He's probably the most chill character on the planet. Just a smiler. And 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 tonight is to see him go mental. He was absolutely right to go mental. Uh, I think at Mason Holgate, how Holgate got away with not being at least booked. Uh, I think the ref the, the referees association needs to take a good long look at because it, it's absolutely not on for me. Um, and then the way Mason Holgate reacted, putting his hands upon the referee, pulling them round. Uh, that's again another, at least another booking. So he should have t- two bookings in that in that situation, yeah. possibly a straight red card. You know, Everton go down to nine players. That's a completely different game. But same result. Oh, who's that? We we Ooh. have young, you have young balls. He's on on it. <laughs> well, welcome, Glyn, Mr. Glyn Thomas. He's uh, he, he's jumped on mid podcast. Uh, so so it's like, where have you been tonight, Glenn? Uh, have you have, have you been swiping left on Tinder? No, no, sadly not. I've been looking after Alex and I watched it over there with him, so I had to uh, take a drive home and once his mum got home from work and I'm here with you now. So, I mean, just, just to recap, Glenn, where, where we've been so far, I mean, obviously we all, we all feel like we deserve it without even getting out of third, second or third gear. But I think, I think the, main, the main talking points is that, is that again, we, we could all see arguments for A, Rooney being sent off and, and B, Mason Holgate being sent off. Oh, without a doubt, I agree with both of those. Um, Rooney was just, I don't know, he, he seemed to have it in him tonight. He just lost it completely before the game even started, pretty much. And there's a number of bookings he could have had, and he should have been off. And Holgate, as uh, I've just heard you saying as I've come on there, the push was a definite yellow, could have been more. And then touching the ref is a definite yellow. So how has he not even got a booking? You know, he should have been he should have been definitely off with two yellows for those two incidents. And it's just a ridiculous decision by the referees, completely bottled it and not not sent him off. Um Did, didn't I mean, we have this referee a couple of weeks ago? Um and, and he was he was pretty much the same. 
I'm not sure um, what the game was. Not sure, to be honest. I was just going to say about Holgate as well. I, I doubt very much that Bob has had anything to him if it's... Uh... No, he did. He did. I, think, I think he jumped in later and I was explaining to Tony and, and, and Rob that uh, he, he, he says to him, literal translation, you little motherfucker. Well, in, yeah, but that's what I mean. In Portuguese. What, what, Portuguese. what I mean is he's, he's not saying anything too bad to him because well, if, he said it, if he said it in Portuguese, Holgate looked as thick as mint, to be honest. He's not going to understand Portuguese. Well, what and, he actually said to him is filha da puta. And, and yeah. the, way he actually, the way he actually pronounced the pu, or, or, yeah. Yeah, it, it looked like he was spitting, and I think that's what Holgate was getting at. I don't think it was anything racist. Uh, yeah, 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 you've got a good point there, actually. Kind of, that kind of action with the mouth to get that word out does look like you're spitting, but there's no way he did that. Like The ref, the ref was right there. The ref would have taken action there and then if anything had happened. And he's not tried to spit at him. Like, Firmino's not that type of player, is he? Absolutely no, not. never has been. Nah, Holgate's just an absolute knob. But to be fair, he played pretty well, apart from that. He did, he did, he did. He absolutely did. But I, I, is it just me tonight, or does Sadio Mane look a little bit more on the ball? He looked, he looked like he was coming back a little bit more. He grew into the game, that's for sure. He started off a little bit slow. Uh, but to be fair, I think the whole team did. Like... Um, I think Rich said during the during the first half when he was in his meeting, uh, "How are we doing?" And you said, mm, "Kind of average," which which we kind of were. But as the team got into it, he definitely did as well. I think so. I think so. I mean, I think you know, I mean, we could be keep, we're, going to, we're going to come back to this argument. Yeah. I really want to save a lot of this conversation for later on when we get on to the Philip Coutinho situation, but. We do lack a little bit of um, creativity in the midfield. And I think, you know, Lallana played tonight in, in that centre midfield position, which he did brilliantly last season. And he's obviously lacking in match fitness uh, over the last couple of games. And, and I'm sure he'll, he'll, he'll become much more prominent. But do you not think uh, when, you, when you look at that centre midfield, we're, we're, we just lack a little bit of control and that little bit of guile? There were three or four times when you got players on the edge of the box. I said to my, my lad who I was watching it with, if that was Coutinho, they'd all, they'd all be frantically trying to block him because you, you just know he can stick in the net from there. And none of them were looking like it. Um, some, somebody, either we're going to have to buy some talent in with the money we're going to get for Coutinho, which is a fairly obvious thing to say, or someone's going to have to step up. And I don't yet see anyone stepping up with that same level of um, you know, kind of devilry. The Ox hasn't got it yet. Lalanda's not yet. Lalanda's not fit yet, and I don't think he, he he's ever been quite that good. Chan did Chan didn't do much for me tonight. And you saw at one stage uh, in the first half, Mane in the position that would continue, continue would have been in, shaping up, like, yeah. cutting in from the left, shaping up, going across uh, diagonally across the the, the 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 top of the box. And I'm thinking, don't shoot, don't shoot. You're not Coutinho, don't shoot. And he's gone for that top corner like Coutinho does, just skied it. Oh, okay. Yeah, but. To be fair to Mane, he's better at that from the other side. He does do well oh, coming in from the right with his left foot. He's, so, you know, I get what you're saying. He's not the best coming in from the left wing, but um, he, he has got a long-range shot in him. What Tony saying there about Emery tonight? Um, it, you know, he, he worked hard. I'm not going to deny that at all, but he's, he's always a bit heavy on the touch. He's got, he hasn't got the finesse, really, yeah. to be the creative person. Um, his, his balls are often a bit overhit or his touch is a bit heavy um so you know i'm obviously if he does leave i will be sorry to see him leave so i think he has got potential to grow into an even better player than he is 
he's he's not the worldy but um but he may believe he is himself so you know we'll see what happens he's he's the only player if you think about think about the um the small team we're going to play in, in our next league game who was on the pitch and who was on the pitch starting he's the only player that i instinctively think don't want you on the pitch mm, the, the rest of them i'd back them i'd certainly back the defense anyway i'm, dig- I'm digressing the, I mean, I was obviously going one the up. I mean, for, for for me, when we when we scored that first goal, <laughs> I I would argue that it's not a penalty. Um, no, even, never even even, be, even being a biased Liverpool fan, I don't think it was a penalty. Um, he made the most of the contact, uh, and uh, but it was almost like karma for the Calvert Lewin penalty. A yeah, exactly. Of- a um, it was karma, and B that's the way the games go and deal with it. Yeah. Now, when 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 we when we talk about this, I mean, and this is this is my big thing about a whole bias of particular BBC um, BBC commentary, right? Now, there's Alan Shearer, Danny Dan, Danny Murphy, and Peter Reid all saying it's definitely not a penalty. Right, fine. You know, I mean, I, th- I think we can all agree with that, that, that that's not a penalty. But what Alan Shearer said tonight on on the Lana essentially Lana dive, football's a contact sport. You're allowed to touch somebody. Just deal with it. Right, so therefore that he's justifying that's not a penalty. On the Calvert Lewin dive two weeks ago, you can't give somebody a reason to go down. Exactly. Now, do you see the, the massive difference there in the narrative? Well, yeah, that's... but even Danny Murphy, even Danny Murphy was saying that the um, Everton one was a penalty, and tonight wasn't. And he's a bloody Liverpool player. Absolutely. Now, I mean, th- th- this is it. I mean, you know, for, for me, the un- unless I mean. Phil Thompson or, or Jamie Carragher's there defending the Liverpool corner. Everything is completely biased against us. And then when you when you have somebody like Jamie Carragher, you have somebody like um, Phil Thompson to defend defending the club, then they just be, they just get called biased Liverpool fans you know, and and not impartial. But this this is a blatant for me a, a blatant attempt to to undermine the football club and the way um, Jurgen Klopp's gone about his business. You know, if, if, if Peter Reid at one point was asked, "Do you see any real advancement from for Jurgen Klopp um, since he took over from Brendan Rodgers?" and he hummed hard about it. He having a fucking bubble bath, <laughs> on me. No, seriously. I mean, we, we the, the, the first season we finished seventh with, with a really shit Brendan Rodgers team. We finished fourth in the second season last year. We, we had a great season. We really improved our attacking intent. This season, I think we're a completely different animal right now. What is it now? 17 unbeaten? 17 unbeaten? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm probably second only to Manchester City in the league and how good we are. That, and, and yet they're, they're still giving us this, you know, oh, well, I don't think he's really improved since Brendan Rodgers. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, you know, I mean, no. I'm not getting on my high horse here, guys, but do you not think this is taking the piss a little bit? Good? Oh, come on, this is Peter Reid, you know, um, brilliant player in his day, but since he stopped playing, he's been a shit manager and done nothing else since, you know. So it is complete bullshit. He's got the Everton bias there. He doesn't want to say anything positive about Liverpool, and he's, oh, you know, to say the Jurgen Klopp's not improved the team since he's come in—that's just embarrassing himself. Peter Reid's being a cunt, um, but but also, I mean, let's look at another couple of quotes. We talked about Alan Shearer's quotes before, where it's a blatant bias against Liverpool and saying that the Calvert-Lewin penalty was actually a penalty and then tonight's one wasn't. But Jürgen Klopp, Jürgen Klopp's actually said tonight, look, it was a soft penalty, but it was exactly like the one that was given against Lovren in the previous derby. I thought both decisions were not penalties. 
everyone told me after the first one it was a penalty, so I've learned something. Yeah, I think we all have. Uh, I, I said to a few mates after that penalty um, uh, that Everton got against us, um, and even after um, Bellerin gave that penalty away in their match against the Chavs, uh, it, was, it was Hazard, Eden Hazard. There was, there was minimal contact. And for me, a lot of commentators harp on this contact thing. There must be, there was contact, so he went down, it's a penalty. They've got to put the word sufficient before contact. And one, and one commentator did, and that was Alan Shearer in the Bellerin um, Azard incident. He said, for me, that's not a pen. He's touched him, this is a contact sport. Fine, very well. But why didn't he say the same thing when it was the Everton match against us and they got the pen against us? Now, for me, um, uh, the moment someone says something like, well, you should have been smarter and not made contact because we know that uh, you can go down and, and get a pen against you. That's what kills football. Physical contact doesn't mean penalty automatically. It doesn't mean foul automatically. Sufficient contact does. And I think a lot of referees have forgotten that. Absolutely, man. I think, I think you're absolutely nailed on there. At the end of the day, we seem to be moving away from a physical contact game, which makes it difficult for big physical specimens to, to, to play the game. Which brings us back to Virgil van Dijk, you know, I mean, what, what a fantastic first performance that, that, that you put in tonight. Who, who is, it just me, is it just me or does his head just attract the fucking ball every time it goes into the box? He just clears everything. He's just, I mean, obviously we, we've, we've got a big game coming up against Manchester City, but I thought today he was uh, he, he was pretty imperious and he, and he did definitely set, um, put, put a different slant on our defensive work tone. Didn't he just? Well, we said it earlier and for me, you don't get many defenders like that in a generation. And I hated John Terry. I hated him with a passion and I wanted to stab him. His own mother hates him. In the eye, both eyes and his balls. But, <laughs> what, you know, the, the guy would tell the people around him what to do. And because he was the big, the big gobcrat that he was, people, half the trick of it is not even necessarily being right, but having a defence doing what you'll tell them. And he's clearly just walked in and gone, mind. I fucking love him. Yeah. yeah. Now, leading up to the second goal, I mean, obviously, we, we, we'll we come back and talk about that goal in a second. But Virgil van Dijk looked like he was he was going to score all game. I mean, how many chances did he have, really? He probably should have scored earlier on where Pickford managed to, to keep it out of the back of the net. He had, he had a couple of other possibilities where he came through. But, you know, that header that he actually got, there was no pushing or anything to get there. He was just right in the middle, right place, right time getting that ball and putting it in the corner of the net. What a beautiful header, Rob. And what, what a way to to make your debut for Liverpool Football Club against Everton in a derby, in an FA Cup match, scoring a winner. That doesn't get any better than that, does it? The moment he went up and I saw the ball bounce off his head and go in the goal, I could just see Lovren's head sink. <laughs> <laughs> You've, uh, but... Just, just to see it go in, I was, oh, I was ecstatic. I was, oh, you clogger bastard, oh, you beautiful clogger. And uh, when he ran away, all I could think is, fantastic for this game and for our FA Cup bid. But how great is it for Virgil and and the and the team and the squad for that to go in like that at the, at the time it did in the situation it did. You're right, he did have a few other chances. Um, the ball kind of. Didn't bounce quite right near his feet, right in front of goal. He missed that and uh, went up for another header. And what a sterling performance overall. I mean, he did what he was supposed to do at the back. He did what we are paying him to come in and do, which is marshal at the back. And boom, he's got a goal to boot. Just absolutely wonderful. Absolutely. I mean, tones, tones tonight for me, the, the, the way the football match went, 
I mean, there was. I, I thought at the end of the game when they were interviewing Milner and Virgil Van Dijk, they were going to give Virgil Van Dijk the man of the match. Um, and as good as he was tonight, I and I don't think he was a manager. I thought it was Andy Robertson, who was perhaps quite sublime at left back. What were your thoughts overall on on, on the performance, and who do you think actually came out with with, with being the best player? Who played best? Uh, you've mm-hmm. already said it, um, Robertson. I thought he was. I thought he was a revelation. And I, I wasn't joking earlier. I think Albie's going to have to work way out. In fact, Albie won't get back in until Robertson slips up, because he was he had Balassi in his pocket beautifully. He was he looked so dangerous on on the attack. I mean, you think about playing City. Um, I reckon he'll I reckon he'll have Kyle Walker sorted quite easily. Glenn, were you surprised by how fast he was? And Yannick Balassi is no slouch, is he? No, he's certainly not. Um, I know Blass is just coming back from injury, but Robinson, he had him in his pocket. He was absolutely brilliant tonight. Uh, I think I said a few times in our chat that uh, Robbo with like the kind of levy eyes sort of thing, he, he had an absolutely brilliant game. Um, and I, I think you're right, Tones, in the fact that Albie will struggle to get back in. Yeah. But I think his only saving grace is the fact that Robbo is young, so Klopp, I think, will give him a rest now and again. I think he will, uh, but I, I'm, I'm going to point just for a second because yeah. the, the, the one thing I think he's got that Albie doesn't have, I think he's clever. Yeah, yeah, and, intelligent. And intelligent. I don't think that I don't think that Albie is all that bright. Um, that is our left back for a long time to come. Oh, I'll add in a second thing. He's safe. He's yes. a steel trap. Absolutely. Yep. I, I, I think I think that you just opened up a can of worms because I think Guy's going to be all over you, which I, that could be quite interesting when he listens to this. Yeah. But I absolutely agree with you, mate. Um, he looked defensively absolutely rock solid. He didn't miss a tackle. He was faster than the guy that he that, that he that he was looking to mark. He came in on off off his wing to protect his, his centre back. It, it was just a complete fullback performance. He's dangerous going forward too. He is absolutely dangerous. What I want to see him, to see him, him add to his game is starting to improve his crossing. Um, it wasn't so much needed tonight, but if he can actually do that, I think he could be a very, very good fullback, an excellent fullback. And I think for £8 million in today's market, it's an absolute yeah. steal. Robbery, mate. We've, we've absolutely robbed them. Absolutely robbed. Cara, I mean, I don't suppose have you seen anything of Kevin Stewart since he moved to Hull? Who? Exactly. That's the guy. <laughs> we, 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 we sold Kevin Stewart for £10 million and picked up Robbo for eight. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um... I know you've already done the Virgil thing, but I just want to go back to him for a sec. There's one person he reminds me of. The player we've missed for many a year at Liverpool, and that's Sammy Hippier. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> at the front and at the back. You know, at the, at the front oh. and the back. The ball, yep. like Sai said earlier, the ball is attracted to his head. We haven't had a defender at Liverpool for a very long time on a corner for us that looks like he's going to get the end of it in school. That's positioning and situational awareness, isn't it? Mm, Cause it is. he's not he, he's not that great a header. He's all right, but but it's getting to it in the first place. In and, the middle and, of a crowded box, and, and he keeps on doing it. it. And it's just, it's just well. like, that's mine. I'm fucking having that. Yeah, every time. Huge self right position. Huge. Jamie Carragher right used bang. to be like that as well. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. That's mine. <laughs> that's mine. That's mine. Get back. You're taking a piss out of my accent, fellas. Yeah. Might be. <laughs> Fucking southern sandy drinking shandy. You can't get more southern. You're out of range. Piss off. (laughs) (laughs) No, but 
I'm not going to say it was, a, it was a great performance tonight because I don't think it was a great performance. I think it was functional. Um, but we, we, we got a great win. It was 2-1 in the FA Cup. We move on to the fourth round. I don't think it could be much more difficult in the next round unless you pick one of the top six. But I'd quite happily take Man United right now. Um, and I, I, I'm, I'm quite happy. You know, we're, we're still in three competitions here. Which brings us on to, I mean, let's call it the elephant in the room. Phil Coutinho this week um, has undermined the football club as a whole. Uh, he undermined the football club as a whole in the summer, uh, which was absolutely not on. Came back into the into the side, and, and because he was he done what we what we all expected him to before the the whole situation happened, and that was step up his game into a world class sphere, um, and and was was winning those games and was being quite brilliant, but. No, I don't think anybody expected them to be the other little wank bubble that he actually has been again as soon as, soon as the transfer window's open. For me, that, that little shit can, can not even be spoken about properly at the football club anymore. He's completely undermined everything we're all about. He's completely trying to undermine the season that we're having after what we what Jürgen Klopp has desperately tried to bring us back from. And, and, and for me, it's just absolutely not acceptable. Tones... What 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 do you do with somebody like that? You know, I mean, this is a kid that we brought we brought for absolute obscurity, you know, from eight, eight and a half million into Milan. And yes, he doesn't know us anything. Yes, in Barcelona is 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 the way forward. But do you not think he's been a little shit about it? My my thinking's a bit a bit divided. Um, I think it's the reality. Um, you know, we still all worship Suarez, and look what he did to get a move. Um, and you could argue that he did it to Ajax as well. You know, it's it's a Latin American thing. The kid wants to go and play in Spain. Um, and we're not exactly criticising Virgil for doing something that's not a million miles away. And I, you know, I know that I know Virgil didn't say he wanted to be the next bloody Kenny Dalglish, um, but um, I, I think it's business, and I think we make 150 million quid on the back of him. All right, I understand that tones. Cara, please give me the other side of this because I'm, I'm absolutely fucking booming about the whole thing. I think the kid's a little snake. Uh, you, you can talk about your the, the oh yes, I want to go and join Barcelona and all the rest of that bollocks, but that little shit has undermined our season. Do you not think? Uh, well, uh, give me more rage. I want more rage. We're going to do just the same thing to somebody else. We're going to go and take that. I want rage, Cara. I can't. I can't let myself go to that place anymore. My therapist said it's bad for me. Give me rage. <laughs> Look, you know, um, I just, I just don't understand how he's gone out on the pitch recently wearing the captain's armbands, knowing what he's about to fucking do. You know what I mean? To in the summer. Absolutely nail on the head. In that little summer. bastard has gone out wearing the fucking captain's armband, thinking he's all like, when he knew, he actually knew when it came to the first of fucking January, he was going to feign an injury again. And Jürgen Klopp's blown a gasket. Jürgen Klopp has got his career by the balls right now. He doesn't have to sell him if he doesn't want to. This is all down to Jürgen Klopp, whether he wants to sell him absolutely or not. That little but, shit undermined our season. We have fought and fought and fought to get us back, back into the top four. We fought and fought and fought to actually give us a, with a shot of becoming second and where we were all thinking that we should have been at the start of the season. We are we are the only side in this league who can manage to 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 get anything like a city level performance and we're undermined by that little prick who thinks that he's bigger than us. You know, 
as like Tom said there about Virgil, um, Virgil, as far as I'm aware, from his statement in the summer, didn't refuse to play. And he was told basically by Southampton he wasn't going to be playing for a bit. Whereas what we're led to believe, I know it's not 100% genuine in terms of us knowing for sure, but Coutinho has basically said, I'm off, you know, I'm not playing again, said his goodbyes at Malwood or whatever, whatever he's done. As far as we're aware, he's refusing to play ever again for Liverpool, you know. So for me, there is a, there is a difference there. And people are saying, oh, you know, it's his agent. Um, Coutinho is just doing what he's told. Coutinho bought in that agent for a fucking reason. Was it? Yeah, we absolutely last, did. Last year, last year, was it last August he went to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was deliberate. So he's done it with that one thing in mind, that this bloke is going to get me out of here, get me that move to Barcelona. So... He's willing to do whatever the agent tells him because that's why he's gone to that agent. So I don't, I don't buy the kind of you know, oh, you know, he's he's just been told what to do and you know he's a little lost lad. No bullshit, you know. Um, no, I think he's doing what he's got to do. Yeah, and, and, and to be honest, the way he's the way he's gone about it, I mean, with all anger, faux anger, but uh, aside, at the end of the day, he's gone. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to cry over it. You know, the, last, the last person I cried over um, literally was, was, was DJW. I won't say his name, but he went to Chelsea for $50 million. Pounds, little shit. Um, and, you know, he, he's gone to where he thinks that he's, he's going to be an important player. Personally, I think that we're on the rise and Barcelona are starting to come down towards where we are right now. Um, and and I, think it, I think it's hysterical, side because... Barcelona are going to overpay for him. Yeah, yeah, right? They are huge. seriously going to they're seriously going to overpay for the kid, and he's going to find himself in a team that in two years' time is going to be markedly different. Fucking oath. And that tongues, like you said, you said he's doing what he's got to do. But as far as you know, as far as I'm concerned, he doesn't have to do this now. He could have gone there in the summer. The summer that's coming soon. You know. It's, you know, so as much as I agree, you know, fair play if he wants to go to Barcelona. Fair play. League medal. You know, you know well, he, hasn't, he hasn't earned it. I'm, I'm no. not praising him for it, but league medal. No. He could have had a Champions League medal with us, for all he knows. Anyway, well, he's, Rob, he's he's, quali- he's qualified for a Champions League medal if we if even if we win it. But I, you know, if if if, if we actually win the Champions League medal and he gets one, I would actually be Jurgen Klopp burning under a fucking Bunsen burner on LFC TV. <laughs> Shit, he doesn't deserve absolutely anything out of this football club. And I hope, I pray that he does a Michael Owen and sat there at the end of the fucking season watching us lift that big ears. Yeah, yeah. Um, agree Everything, all of you said, I agree with. I agree with the business side and I agree with uh, what Glenn's saying about him having hired a snake to do a snake's job knowing exactly how he goes about things after all the things that he said, after all the promises he made and all the commitments he made publicly saying he loves the shirt and all that kind of shit. All he had to do if he wanted to go to Barca was hire a proper agent that can talk to them and turn around to Liverpool and say, listen, I think this might be my final season here. I want to go in the summer. That's my final decision after this season. I'm not playing for you guys anymore. I'm going to give you 100% for this season privately say that and then let them go about their business in the background and get the deal fucking done and he's gone and brought this fucking snake in who knows that you can apply pressure at certain points for example 
bringing out an extra bid just before we play at the beginning of the season. We had a match coming up and they released this statement saying we've made another bid. Just to derail that game, just to piss us off, just to piss the supporters off and the club and apply more pressure and told Coutinho, sit down and shut up you little fucking twat because now the snakes have taken control and all you have to do is sit down and be quiet and not play. And he's just done what he's told, it's true, but he's done what he's told knowing who he's brought in as a manager. And I'll tell you who they're going to. They're going to a club where the bubble is about to burst for them. Because Real, their bubble has burst their mid-table. They're um, investing in youth instead of massive stars now because they know they, they haven't got any fucking money to spend. Ronaldo wants out of there as well. And who's he going to? He's going to a club where Suarez is 30, Messi's 30, Iniesta's 33, Piquet's 30, Mash is 33, Scotch Finger Biscuits is 29, and even Rakitic is 29. Who the fuck is he going to have him around him in a couple of years? Because he's not going to have a fucking star stellar team. I guarantee Iniesta's probably going to retire after the World Cup. So he's going to a club and he's going to be surrounded by new players and they're going to think, okay, Coutinho's going to win us a bunch of games. No way. So what if they get to play Espanyol 18 times a season? He's not going to have the same success he could have had with us. They're definitely not going to have the same fucking glory, that's for sure. Yeah! Yeah! Fuck, I just say, that is such I a mean, fucking Jimmy. class rant. I want that for my ringtone. I, mean, I want that I mean, fucking headstone, I mean, <laughs> I mean, that, that, it's, it's exactly it, Tones. I mean, that, that little bastard has gone out of his way. He's completely undermined our season. And I'm absolutely Top disgusted it. with the way he's gone about it. I'm absolutely disgusted about it. He's done it in the pocket summer. He's doing it again in January. I'm quietly set fire to him right now. I mean, that little shit deserves absolutely everything he gets from Barcelona to go tits up. And he will so, go tits up. Simon, the big wheel turns, mate. The big wheel always. The big wheel always turns. Don't make me come down there. Take your glamorous off you and chop your fucking head off because I will do it. <laughs> you wouldn't right. get within a mile. I've, I've got a fucking sniper's rifle. <laughs> Guns for show, knives for a pro. Right. Tones, I agree with what you're saying. Like the world moves on, we'll move on, we'll come out of this, and we'll be fine. But it's just, it's just fucking frustrating I, and kind I, of I, annoying. Do you know what? I think there's two reasons I think we come out of it stronger. Um, because firstly, we'll get enough money to buy two players, and they'll both be both be minters. And secondly, I actually think it makes the squad stronger. Because if you see the way they have celebrated when they've scored without him on the pitch, that's a real that's a team that's together. And teams that are riven don't win championships as a rule. So I actually think whilst I whilst I wouldn't have chosen for him to go, actually it is what it is. Let's all man up and get on with it. I'm but a top rant though. Fucking top rant. Yeah, I was just up to top rant, rant QZ. He's still trying to come down. <laughs> yeah. Breathe, um, breathe. Just, just, just in, guys, and, and, and what do you think of this? Uh, Mason Holgate's made an allegation uh, that, that Bobby uh, here we go. made a racist comment to him yep. uh, in, in, in that build up. Now, there's absolutely no way, because he was speaking to him in fucking Portuguese, that he's going to he he's, he's say he did it over his shoulder. Before he pushed him over the hoarding, that's what he's going to say. No, because he didn't go mental until he grabbed hold of the referee. When Firmino mm. went back towards him, that's when he went mental. That's when he went mental. He didn't actually. Do it. So, I, so, I thought no, I thought he reacted and then pushed him over the hoarding. I thought that's no. where I started. No, 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 because he didn't. Because he didn't actually go mental until until, until he went back there and, and Bobby Firmino actually said to him, "Feel the puta, so you little motherfucker." That's exactly what he said to him. And then all of a sudden, Mason Holgate goes crazy because he's. Yeah, what, what, what does he think he said to him? Yeah, it's wearing his mouth on a pee, for fuck's sake. So, now, Mason Holgate, you've not got a leg to stand on, you little shit. You should have been sent off. He's just going to Billy Big Balls, going towards the touchline, and that's that's why he's pushed him, because he's 
giving it the big kind of I am sort of thing to get the Everton fans on his side, give him a push in the back. And he's not reacted as I says until Firmino's ran back towards him and called him a motherfucker. The, the good thing is here, the, the club the club have been very clever here. I think they they learned a massive lesson from the Luis Suarez debacle mm-hmm. um, when that actually happened. They've released a statement saying the club and the player will fully cooperate with its relevant authorities to ensure that all the facts are established in a thorough manner and if, if deemed necessary or requested. Whilst the process is ongoing, we'll make no other further comment. And, yeah. and they're, they're absolutely right about that. No t-shirts, please. <laughs> yeah. No, no, absolutely not. No t-shirts, and, and, and I mean, for, for me, I, I, was, I was saying to, to Ray News, and yeah, I'm, I'm fluent in Spanish, I understand a lot of Portuguese, I, I could see exactly what he was saying, he was swearing right at because he was calling him a little fucker for throwing him over the hordes, unless I miss something, there's no racist coming. I think, I think, I think, I think the, the, the least said on the matter at the moment, the better, because it's going to be dealt with by the relevant authorities and we'll have a chat about it at a later time. But for me, he should have been fucking sent off and throwing them over the hordes in the first place. 100%. But, but let, let, let's, let's move on with that. Um, come, coming back to the Philip Coutinho thing, obviously, we're, we're going to get a massive fee for him. Um, the, I, th- I think the rumour is at the moment it's about £110 million up front and about another £40 million um, in in guaranteed payments, guaranteed structured payments. So over over a couple of years or two or three years, so they can do it on a you know they, they can do a depreciation exercise on their own balance sheet. But for us, it's the same thing. What if it's 150 million overall? Because it's guaranteed, it doesn't make any fucking difference. The cash flow is still the same on the balance sheet. Fantastic. That's the that, That's probably the second highest fee of all time by a country mile. And we're looking, we're looking at players like Thomas Lamar uh, and Riyad Mahrez. And from what I can gather, we, we've met, we actually approached tonight Leicester City for Mahrez. Do you think that's an appropriate replacement, Glenn? Well, I, I think it's going to be wrong to look at um, know, an individual and say that's replacing Coutinho. I think this is, uh, like you say, an opportunity to get a couple of players in and improve the squad. Massively, we know that Klopp likes to rotate, and it's been proven that that's a great thing to do. The way the team is staying fit and they're doing well still at this stage of the season. So, 150 million is going to allow us to bring in, as you say, hopefully Lamar, Mares, Lamar, you know, maybe Lamares is so he's been saying <laughs> over and over again. Um, while individually, you wouldn't say either of them are at Coutinho's level. Together as a pair, and with maybe whoever else comes in as well, I'd be happy with it. Yeah, uh, Tones, do you, do you, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of people slag Mares off. Um, I think he's tailor made for us. Um, uh, I, if you, if you look at that whole mad team, he, if you get if you get the right Mares playing, and of course for a while he was trying to piss off, wasn't he, with his strange trip to Paris and all the rest of it. I think he's tailor made, but. I've actually sat in the director's box at Leicester um, next to his missus. So, I, yeah, it depends which Mahrez you're getting, doesn't it? If you're getting the Mahrez who's really fired up, who can who can do such good things with a ball for our, our three runners, then, yeah, um, he is telemade for us. But you need to know you're getting somebody who's committed. Because he's, he's, done, he's done his fair share of trying to get out of the club, hasn't he? Yeah. I know. Here's, here's the argument, right? I mean, Mahrez is probably... I, I don't think he's as good as Philip Coutinho. I absolutely do not. I think he's as good as Philip Coutinho. Different player. 
absolutely different player. But totally this is a player. player. This this is a player who, along with Jamie Vardy, took Leicester City to the to the league title just two seasons ago. Was Player of the Year that year. Them and them and Kante, yeah. Is 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 he not a fucking world class player? Is he not a really top player who assists? Is he not going to make Bobby Firmino a better footballer for forty for forty forty five million, which is the rumored fee? I don't know. Can you class him as world class at the moment? He needs to do it in the Champions League and all sorts before you can do that, I think. But but, can, but also, mate, he can play in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah. He, as I was gonna say, he definitely has the ability in him, and he's definitely shown he, he is he is a player. So. For those reasons alone, I I wouldn't be against it at all. Gives you more options, mm. and I and I and I do think he's made for the way we play. And though he's not very often going to score goals in the edge of the box, although I know he did some amazing things that year, but I think he's right for us. And so, as somebody pointed out earlier earlier in the week, he's not as defensive minded as some people you can get in the middle. But Van Dyke, yeah. yeah, yes, absolutely. I was, if I was the clubster, I'd be wanting to have a very very long conversation with the bloke to understand what his motivation was. Absolutely. Because he's, I've got to be frank, he's, he's another one who you could strongly suspect was after putting himself in the shop window. And I don't think the players really realise that the Spanish centre of power is failing. Perhaps PSG is the, is, the, is the new reality for that. So I'd be, I'd be very nervous that he wasn't just trying to get himself in the window. I do, I do want to touch on it because, I mean, obviously we were attacking and these things happen when you're attacking sides, you're trying to... Um, score goals so you put, you're committing a lot of men forward now that when they broke away I don't think it was a foul in, in the coming together between Matip and um, I think it was Balassi I agree I don't think it was a foul at the time I was screaming foul because I didn't want them to score but I don't think it was a foul in reflection um, what I did see more than anything else was uh, I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm going to protect them at the same time as, as hanging out to dry um, and not not covering um, Gilfie Sigurdsson. He slowed down because the Phil Jagielka, what the fuck Phil Jagielka was doing up there, I've got no clue. But he, <laughs> all right. well, That's but, what he thought as well. Jagielka's not going to do anything, so I'll just back off. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so what you what you actually got there is um, Jags got all the way up the pitch. Emre Chan is covering Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, Emre, Emre, uh, sorry, Gilfie Sigurdsson, uh, was uh, sorry, Jagielka was slowed down and turned back, and Emre Chan seemed to respond to that. To me, he slowed down as well, whereas Sigurdsson carried on moving forward, and then it was just an easy pass into the corner. Carries had absolutely no chance. But for me, you you, you can label it a, a couple of different ways. That was a lapse in concentration with Emre Chan, um, and he probably should have covered the runner, Rob. It could have been snuffed out further further up the pitch with a with a cheeky little foul. Um, that's what I would have done. Uh, but we did have enough men back to cover who they threw forward. It's just Chan just uh, he was he was in front of Sigurdsson for quite some time, and then just as he hit the final third, he kind of backed off as Jagielka turned around, as he said. And I thought, what what are you doing? And Sigurdsson just came straight in with a, a free slot straight in the corner, nice and solid side foot. It was a great goal. Um, yeah, disappointed in Chan on that one. I think it showed a bit of a lack of intelligence on his part. You know, I, I wouldn't say it's a lack of commitment because, you know, it, it, I don't think he's that type of player. But I do think it showed a lack of intelligence in the fact that you can't assume the danger's over. You've got to follow it through to the end, really. Um, so, you know, it was disappointing from him, but I'm not going to hang him out to dry, like you say. Um, 
we move on. Tones? He was the player I was least impressed with on the pitch. Emery Chan? Yep. Really? Yep. Okay, Liverpool player all in, in total. Oh, why, why, why is that? Because I thought he was pretty decent. For the last couple of games, I've not thought that he's... I think he's let us down at big moments. Um... I just, I just look at him and I, I don't see a player that I'm particularly bothered about not being in the team. He doesn't make any kind of impression on me. I prefer, I, yeah, and I know you're going to laugh at me. I prefer Lalana because he's got a lot. Oh, I God, think he's got more spirit to him. I love you, Tony. I love you. Oh, yeah. for <laughs> Well, for, 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 by association, I prefer Milner, right? And we all know Milner oh. makes his fair share of mistakes. He scored tonight. Milner was great tonight. Down the uh, left with Van Dyke and Robertson out the, out the side there. Fantastic. I don't I, I I don't think that Chan is a I don't see the heart in the player. I agree. There's, there's some, some of those guys you think, well, you know, Lalana would Lalana will die for the Queen, right? He goes to Juventus, he goes to fucking Juventus. It's what it is. I wouldn't be throwing huge money at him to stay. We'll use I, the salary I, I, to get somebody better in. I, I think with with M Chan, what you have is you have an incredibly talented footballer with not a huge amount of heart. And it, 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 it's probably going to sound quite quite scathing um, when, I, when I listen to this back. He doesn't come across to me like he's willing to, to get into the fight, to get into the, into the trenches and die for, for the, the collective. Yeah. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, for me, he comes across as being all about Emre Chan, as good as he is as good as he is, but he, he just, it, it's all about the MA Chan career right now. And that's a shame because I think he could be a much better player by applying that heart um, a little bit more. But that's probably the same brush that he, he goes by as in the way he plays. He's out of all of our players. To me, he seems like the most individual uh, and he, mm. he plays that way quite often. I think, I think you're right. And I think off the pitch as well, he doesn't seem to fully integrate, with the other players off the pitch, he seems to be very much uh, with his friends that he brings over. He's always on Instagram with his like friends and stuff, but he never seems to do a lot with the other players. So he seems to be very individual in that way as well, you know? Even with the German speakers, he only just has passing conversations with him. You expect him to hang out with Karius and even Lovren, who speaks German. That's in- fair. Would you talk to Lovren? I would actually. I'd talk to him. I wouldn't play with him. <laughs> I would I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I've got a lot more respect for Lovren's Heart, given that he has been playing, taking painkillers for the last six months, yeah. he, he may not be, you know, he may not be our, our cup of tea as a defender, but that guy has put his bloody body through it and will probably retire earlier than he should as a consequence. Yeah, yeah. I, couldn't, so, I can't see Chan doing that. I, 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 would, I would agree with Tones with that, bearing in mind that that's how my career ended in the military. So. <laughs> it sounds like we've not learned from Aga, you know, like we let him do the same thing. and We, have, we haven't learned from it. Yeah, and Lovren, and Lovren is being very open about the fact that he's been doing it. Mm. You know, it's not it's not a big secret. And yeah. the, the club have kind of, they've well, they've had to, I get it, they feel they've had to let him do it because they've got no one better, which is and, but, 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 but now we have, and now Lovren gets sorted out. What, what perhaps, was, he come, perhaps he comes back as a better player. Absolutely. I mean, but what, what I was more impressed with is if you look at, I mean, everyone keeps going about, oh, the Virgil van Dijk first video, when he's in the tunnel and everybody's getting off the coach sort of thing. And they're walking into the into the um, into the changing rooms. They all they all oh you know hello Virgil van Dijk sort of thing. The one player that came in gave him a massive hug was Jason Lovren. 
the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and, and that, that says a lot to me about, about the player and the man. Um, yep. he, yes, he's, he's, in my eyes, he's probably not good enough. Um, I think he's made too many mistakes before the season, before the whole painkiller thing. I just, I just don't think he's probably up to the level of, of a Liverpool footballer. However, as a man, I don't think you can have a go at him. We bought him because he had a, a peerless season for Southampton. Mm. And the reason he had a peerless season for Southampton was because he had the right defensive midfielder in front of him. Yes. And, yeah. and we, only bought, we only bought half the fucking partnership. Yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, and we, we exposed him, and we put we put a goalkeeper behind him who wasn't confident enough. Guess what? Yeah. Well, I mean, this this all comes back to again with formations, isn't it? And, I, and let's have a little touch on this before we before we clock up, right? Uh, if if you're going to buy a certain type of defender, then you need to put a certain type of midfielder in front of him. Yes. So if you're going to buy a, a, a defender who who will excel at just defending, then you need to make sure that the guy in front of him is going to take the second ball. Or, 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 stop, or, stop, or even stop the first ball coming in. And that's what Lovren had when he was at Southampton. He had Wanyama, he had Schneiderland right in front of him. Exactly. And, and when you get to Liverpool, you're exposed a shitload more. So the, the centre-back, for me, has to have a huge amount more physical attributes to, to, to be able to cope. Virgil van Dijk's got those, those attributes. Um, from what I can see on... On YouTube, that's this Manuel Akanji at, at, at Basel seems to have those same physical attributes. And I think as a centre-back, you absolutely have to have those, because if you don't, you're going to get absolutely fucking fucked, because you're just going to be exposed time and time and time again, because on midfield... I mean, it, I was talking to Guy earlier, um, and we were talking about formations. Liverpool don't really play formations anymore. You've got four and two, and then get on it, guys. You know, Or four and two, fucking, let, let's just make it up as we go along, guys. And... and that's that, that's the Liverpool formation these days. Yeah, it's just a formation so, to kick off. That's all. It's just yeah, a formation to kick off. Absolutely. So, so, so therefore, the defenders have to be very, very special athletes and, and very special people uh, in, in the head. So, yeah, you know, I, I, I do feel for um, for, for, for Dejan Lovren to, to a certain extent. Um, we, we, we've just had been had Guy jump into us right in the middle of it. Guy, um, and you lucky bastard. <laughs> it's, it's great to have, have you on, mate. I mean, I um, appreciate you. You're, pro- you're probably right on to, be, to join us. So, your thoughts on the game tonight and who's your man of the match? Um, yeah, I think the game itself, um, open play, we were pretty crap. Um, very disjointed and stuff like that. Um, set pieces, different strength of our bow. Um Ox very consistent with his um, delivery, isn't he? Though I, was, I, I forgot to bring that up. Thank you very much. Lad. See, pro, what I do. Uh, <laughs> and, well, he, right. he's just heard that on a different pod somewhere. You watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and well, with Van Dyke, I mean, just look at the size of the big bastard. And he's like he's like a really good version of Skirtle without the shit. Um, so he's a threat on set pieces. Uh, yeah. But just what a result, uh, what a way to get the result, I should say. Van Dijk on his debut, a proper karma penalty, which wasn't a penalty. <laughs> Even Klopp said it wasn't a penalty, so that's just great crap. <laughs> uh, man of the match for me, Robertson. Um, excellent. His best hey. player. He's Good unanimous. You. You've, unanimous. Grown up, uh, you've grown up. He was I'm listening really to us all along. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was his best game by far. Um 
defensively solid. Uh, Balassi, their biggest threat, uh, controlled him all game. Um, obviously helps having Van Dyke next to him now. Um, attacking wise, none of these silly over the over hit crosses. I mean, there was a couple, but that happens every game where whoever's playing left back or right back. Um, yeah, just fantastic. A close second would have to be Big Virgil because apart from getting skinned right at the start, he didn't put a foot wrong and he scored an absolute thunder bastard headed. Absolutely, mate. And, 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 and I, want, I, want, I want to to bring up with you, mate, is it sentiment field to me, I think, lacked again. Uh, and now we've got the centre-back uh, in, in that position, it's still lacked. Uh, and I think, you know, Nabi Keita going forward it, 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 it is, is going to give us that much more. Well, do you, do you, do you, see, do you think we need a second there? And, and, and if so, what type of football do we need to play next to Nabi Keita? Um, yeah, for me, obviously, Nabi Keita is very much needed. Um, I thought the midfield, the midfield too, not not including um, Lalana, etc. Um, I thought the midfield too did did the job, but didn't really excel otherwise. I thought Chan was fine. I thought Milner um, bit of a sloppy start, but I thought he got back into it and did well. Um, ideally, I'd obviously want to keep Chan because I love the bloke, um, but he's obviously fucking off. Um, so I think we do. I think Kate is obviously going to be more attacking, so I think we do need a more defensive-minded player. That doesn't need. That doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a, a sit DM one yama type. Just someone who who knows what they're doing defensively. And I, I don't have names on my on my mind. Um, but can't, well, I'm just going to echo stuff off Twitter because I've not really seen them. Fabinho from Monaco. I wouldn't mind stealing two a couple of players off them if we're taking Lamar as well. Um, Carvalho from Sporting hasn't made the big jump I imagine most people would probably be a gamble I think Fabinho would be the one for me though Um, obviously going off his Monaco Champions League run last year him and Bakayoko were terrifying and I think there can be a similar dynamic with him and him and Keita but Keita's probably a lot better than Bakayoko I can't really say because I haven't seen anything of Keita but yeah midfield um, Cater will obviously add another dynamic, and I think we do need another one there because Tendo's broken, Milner's Milner, Chan's fucking off. Um, but what? I don't know what. I don't know what the rest of you guys have spoke about. Guy, so. Guy, what's your take on the Morris thing? On the, um, I think he'll change. I think we'd have to change the system for him if we if we use the four three three as our base one. But obviously, hasn't hasn't been as set as last year, where it was every game four three three. Um. I think he's better on the right than the left, which is a bit of a problem when it's uh, when Salah's obviously playing on the right mostly. But I think that may address uh, not not address a problem. I think it may move Salah to be more of a a striker kind of thing. Obviously, we've seen I think Chelsea have done a similarish thing where Hazard's played more central, so maybe Salah can kind of play as a shadow striker and rotate with Bobby, and then we can have Mane left, Mares right. Um, not a four-two-three-one because I think it does limit us a bit, but maybe a very fluid four-four-two. Then Mara's right, um, Chan, Vinealdum, ideally for me, uh, Mane, Salah, off Bobby, and then just let that have the two sitters, and then just let everyone else just have a fucking mad one off the tits, mad one. I argue. I mean, I think it was me and you before we were talking about um, formations, weren't we? Yeah, we were talking about four-two, whatever. Four-one, um, get on. Four-four-four-one, just fucking get on with it. So I think, and I think I think that could potentially be in the midfield. You know, you're talking about Nabi Keita. Now Nabi Keita transcends um, midfielders for me at the moment, and what he's actually doing. 
yes, he's a box-to-box and he's dynamic, but he, he's just as good defensively as he is going forward, even when you give him this this right to, to roam sort of thing. And to a certain extent, um, Leon Goretzka was the same sort of, sort of midfielder. Um, the, the, the SMS guy at uh, Lazio was doing exactly the same. Do we really need a true number six, QZ, Rob, um, when when you're looking at players who, who can do absolutely everything? If I was to copy something that Guy just said, if we, if we needed a true six, the, the formation would change just to what we do right now. And I think Van Dyke will cover us more than enough if we don't have a true number six. Um, but at the same time, it's not bad having that option, is it? I mean, uh, if, if we've got the money, we've got the uh, we've got the uh, uh, the desire to go out to the market and get a six. It wouldn't hurt. I think we need to get a six because we can't always go balls out. You know, um, some games are going to require us to be a bit more clever mm. and a bit more gritty in the middle. Um, so I think we definitely do need it in our armory. Um, so yeah, I, I think. 40 million if we can find with that money. I think it's money well spent. How much do you think we should we should be spending a huge amount of money on number six when it when, when it looks like we're looking to shift the ball a little bit faster? Uh, well, I, I, just, I don't know. I just I think if you're going to do it, you, you might as well spend the right amount of money to get the right one in. You know, I don't think there's no any point in spending a little amount to bring in someone who could do do a job. If you're going to do it, spend the money to bring in the player. You know what I mean? Thanks, Tones. What about you, Tones? You broke up <laughs> when you said it, so I didn't bloody you say Tones' name. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, what he, what he said. <laughs> now, now give a far better answer, Tones. Show me what I should yeah, have done. I, I totally agree. It's, um, there's no point spending the money just to pick up a player because he's available. It has to be absolutely the right player for your system. I would completely agree with that. Now, I do think we need another centre midfielder. I think we all agree that. As much as I'm a massive fan of Gino and Alzheimer, then my chance, obviously, on this round, we're not going until the summer. Next season, we need to be able to match Manchester City and, and, and we need that sort of power. Um, how much would you be willing to spend on that? So, do you think he's is, 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 is this a £100 million player or is this a £50 million player guy? Um, <clears throat> I think, obviously, the main thing is we need to replace Chan and I'd probably spend f- up to 50 So I think Chan is probably in the range between 30 and 50 depending on whatever the mad market is at the time. Um, so I'd probably say 50 and... I think when you were away, I ideally said Fabinho, because I think we could have a similar dynamic to their Champions League run team. Obviously, Kater doing a better version of Bakayoko and then Fabinho doing the sitting, controlling thing. So I'm not sure how much Fabinho would cost. So I probably... Fabinho. Whatever. <laughs> He's getting a weird English name when he joins anyway. He's getting called Dave or something. <laughs> <laughs> And then we can um, join Tabatha afterwards, because he's an Enya. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so what whatever Fabinho would cost. Which would probably be fifty million. Hmm. I've spoken with this with Maiden before. Alright. Um what happened when um Ronaldo was sold? Is the market artificially inflated and then within one or two transfer windows it came back down to normal. Again, um, 
past summer we had the Neymar transfer, which massively inflated. But I think you know, by the summer, the chances are that you're probably looking at um, a, a market which is probably going to be somewhere back to being semi-normal. So I think, uh, and then he said, the chances are Philip Coutinho's price will never be higher than it is right now. Yep. You know, the 140, 150 million that is as, as it is. What we actually have, and the issue and the argument against that, is people saying that it's nothing like it was in the summer, but that's because it was artificially inflated by Neymar. You're in 150 million pounds as a footballer, for, for a footballer, when your revenue is only 300 million. That's 50% of your revenue straight up. Why the fuck would you not take that? Well, you would. Depends if you can get a replacement. Ah, ah. Come on, just purely, purely from a business sense, and a lot of people don't want to hear that, all right? But purely from a business sense, you take that 150 million. Can we replace them? Absolutely. Continue. Can we replace them? Yeah, I think we can. I think because, and this comes back to this balance and sentiment fields again, doesn't it? You know, we, we started them on the left wing uh, last summer, and Klopp doesn't really like, like him out there because he thinks that he lacks the pace to be able to do that. And that's why you see Sadio Mane and, and Mohamed Salah and we've been much more devastating this season with the, with, the, with the front four when they've been out wide. And when Coutinho is actually playing in your midfield, then it exposes your de- defensive side of the as- aspect of it. I actually think we've lost balance with uh, by, by catering to Philip Coutinho's move to centre midfield. Uh, it's probably going to be an unpopular view, and I'm sure I'm going to get it in the neck from a, from a number of people. But for me, I think we can actually regain some of that balance back um, and become a much better overall team. And why would you? Yeah, and what? So you take the 150, and you don't buy a 150 million million pound player. Yes, and you've, and you've already and you've already worked out you want to buy. By the way, and you're already in conversation for it because because if you haven't, you're fucking stupid. And you buy three players, you spend, I don't know, 75 and 50 and 20. And you get, you know, with the, with the obvious dimensions that those prices hold if you're buying the right player. You know, you buy a star, a, you know, another Emre Chan and a Robertson somebody, you know, in, in the context of midfield. Somebody's going to grow into it. I've got a goal. And you, but, you know, you, you, you don't go and if we'd lost Stevie for some stupid amount of money. You know, if Stevie had gone to Chelsea, God God forbid, then would we have found another Stevie for the money? No, we wouldn't. We'd have been ripped off by somebody. In, interestingly... We'd probably be, we'd probably be Everton. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 actually, the, the, the first time Steve Stevie was going, uh, and if you remember when Rafa Benitez first came into the club, uh, yeah. and a, a, sto- a story I heard was that Rafa came in, did, you know, he, he wasn't going to stand in his way and leave, and he wanted them to stay, but he wasn't going to stand in his way. But the player he had lined up to replace him was Michael Essien. He went. He eventually went to Chelsea. Oof, Gee. that would have been. To be fair, Essien was a fucking monster for his first year. Yeah. He, he was. He was. So I mean, yeah, don't, get, don't get me wrong. Stevie's an absolute legend at the football club, but the impact probably would have been negated slightly by having that monster play for that. Play and and Rafa wanted the money so he could make the team his own. Yeah. You, no. you, you give you, you give Klopp and that organisation and that scouting team 150 million quid, the team will get will get stronger in my opinion, and we won't be so dependent on one person who, when their knee goes out of nowhere, you've got a real problem. 
you know, Louis Suarez, Louis Suarez in, in, the, in the 14 season. Um, all right, I know he was an animal. Lovren, never, Lallana, was... Markovic, Ricky Lambert. <laughs> <laughs> Only yeah. one of them stuck around. <laughs> yeah. He's not a player. <clears throat> so, one thing I want to say about which um, confused me a tiny bit was uh, Karius. He didn't have a bad game. I'm not going to say him at all. Um, he had one wanky moment where he kind of spilled the ball, but... I think that was a foul, to be fair. I thought yeah, it was maybe, a maybe, well. maybe, it was but, before it, but then he bounced it off one of our defenders' heads as he came down. Yeah, but the bit I'm going to talk about is, I thought he's kind of like a sweeper-keeper. He's meant to be very quick off the line and quick out. And Virgil seemed to be after grabbing by the balls and drag him out the fucking goal. Wasn't that awesome, so, though? Can we get this ball? Yeah, we're no, not, that we're was not, awesome. We're not, using, we're not used to having someone talking, Buckley. No, but <laughs> like, Carrier shouldn't need to be told. From the type I of think... keeper he is and the type of player he was when he arrived, he seems to have lost the confidence in a way to be coming out and claiming those balls in well, doing, doing what he would normally do that is pro- that's probably the nerviest game he's probably had for like not not like his performance but actually the occasion the Merseyside derby that is probably the biggest occasion he's played for a Liverpool so it, I think it may just be nerves I mean obviously you could had, be right yeah you might be the right. Arsenal game where he's a bit slow with his kicking and looked a bit nervous but other than that and the Spartak mistake he's really been He's really had confidence. Kick it, not kick it. And uh, how old is he? Twenty-four, three. He's very, still young for a keeper. Still young for a keeper. I mean, I think we have to let the the, the kid play in. I really do. He has oh, to. I, he I has used to Van Dyke as well. I, I agree. Van Dyke. Not, we've not had a Van Dyke since Carragher, have we? We've not had someone. I think. Sammy. Yeah, but I think um, Carragher was here before. Dickhead. <laughs> I think. Uh, Carrius <laughs> is the way forward for the rest of the season, and I, I do I like that bloke. But I was just confused by that tonight in terms of it seems to be not his game he was playing, where he's usually fast out. We, we were living in Van Dyke's build, that's why. Yeah, yeah maybe, we are. Maybe he just stood in awe of him, watching him play and thinking, wow. Yep, Van, Dyke, Van Dyke's pheromones were terrifying him. <laughs> if I go near him, will he I'll, go? I'll give, you guys, I'll give you guys a situation. Imagine that was Carrius, exactly how he played tonight. But it wasn't Van Dyke, it was Lovren back there in those situations. Do you think Ugh. Lovren would have ran back to him and say, hey, get the fuck out, or put his arms out saying, that's yours, that's yours, that's yours. I mean, credit to Van Dyke, he's, he's hit the ground running because he, he, well, he's come off, what, two, three games sitting on the bench? Um, mm, yeah. uh, and he's, his mind's still quick as, quick as hell and his body's obviously up to it. So credit to Van Dyke in those situations and Karius is a, maybe a little bit lucky on a couple of them. A lot, a lot has been made of uh, the Virgil van Dijk transfer fee. Now, for me, you, you, you pay what you can afford to actually get in the play that you need. Um, and I think we've done that with this with this player. The, 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 the actual transfer fee is a material if we can afford it. And we absolutely needed the player of this type. And he could be there for the next six years. And he's absolutely the, the captain of the centre defence that we absolutely need. I think you have to let someone get used to a new centre-back as well. I mean, we've had <clears throat> Matip and Lovren and Clavan where they just let the, they let the, they make the goalkeeper deal with situations, whereas we didn't... Carrie just wouldn't know what Van Dijk is. Is he going to take charge? Is he going to last-ditch clear everything? I mean, there was a couple of occasions where I thought it was Van Dijk's fault rather than Carrie's fault for a bit of hesitance. But that will come when the relationship builds. And Yeah, exactly. The, the main thing mm. with that is, is that we have to have a constant relationship there we can't keep swapping the goalkeepers and as you guys said let's just just keep carrius in there Mignolet's shit 
We all know he's <laughs> We know he's not good enough. Nobody knows... Well, his mother at the moment, Carrie... Well, his, his wife's the fucking... His fucking personal manager, for fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> guys, guys, I wish you'd tell us what you really think. No. Just stop holding no, back, mate. Always is holding back, <laughs> reserved. Carry us get shit for no reason. I'm, I'm, not saying you, I'm, not, I'm not saying you're giving him shit, Glenn, but if you, mm, on if Twitter, you are. he's getting pelters for no Glenn, fucking reason. You gave him shit. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> Glenn, knows, Glenn knows what he is. <laughs> um, but we know, we know Minula's been here four or five years. He's been... He's had one good spell last year, and Carrius has had under 30 games. Mm. What the fuck is he meant to do? At the moment, yeah. he's not good enough, and we all want a new goalkeeper, but we're not going to know until he's played. Allison. Like, if we could get Allison tomorrow, I'd want Allison and put him in. Fuck, fuck Carrius, but at the, <laughs> point, at the moment, play Carrius. To be honest with you, I never knew who Allison was when you guys started talking about him. Then I did a bit of research and think, oh, he looks like a bit of a player. He's Brazilian and he's got a beard. That's all you need to know. <laughs> Is it a thin beard just down the middle? <laughs> no, he looks like he looks like Donny, but good. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, um, look, looking forward to the next football match. Obviously, it's a huge game against Manchester City. Um, I'm, I'm starting to look at this one as a sort of a gimme, in insofar as we have a gap between fifth and sixth. And they still have to play Manchester City, so I, I sort of feel it that way. So whatever result we get out of City is it, it, a positive, and I honestly think we can win it. I honestly do think we can win it. I think we're the only side in the league that can win it. But um, Guy, I mean, how, how do you see us matching up against Manchester City? Do you see Virgil Van Dijk retaining his place after tonight's performance? Fucking better though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, fucking hell, he was he was a fucking monster for fucking eighty. Nine, well, 93 minutes if you go on the head on the book, you know. Um, <clears throat> yeah, he should play. Um, the the Phil situation's the doubt for me. I'm not I'm not sure we have the quality to to break. I, I know they don't have the best. I know they have an improved defence, but still not the best on paper and stuff like that. Ottomendi and Stones have really improved and that stuff. But I, missing Phil and missing, uh, we won't. I doubt we'll have a replacement for Phil in time or, or ready for that game. So it, it puts in doubt. But I do, I do think we can win. But I'm a bit of a pessimist, as as you may know. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'd take. I'd be happy with a draw. I mean, I'm, I am expecting a loss. I'm not going to lie. All right, that's good. Tones, do you think we can beat City? Draw. Sure. I, I think. I think we can. This wanker. I think we can beat City. Thanks for that. I think we can <laughs> beat. City. Uh, if if Salah isn't back, we won't. Um, if Salah is back, we might. I, I, my money would would, would probably, I won't bet on it because I don't bet unless, unless I'm betting we win. But I, I would expect a draw personally. But actually, a draw against City. Um, most people, Simon, would take that before kickoff. I know you wouldn't. I want seven nil. Yeah. Given you never bet on seven nil these days, I'm, I'm not sure why you're saying that. I do, I do bet on 7-0. It just happens to be the games where we don't actually win 7-0. Uh, okay. 
<laughs> so, so I, I bet on seven nil every game except for the two seven nils and today. Wow, you know, not to do against City then. Then we're going to win seven nil. Yeah, well, you, you, it only maxes out at three hundred fifty to one anyway. The gang of bastards. Personally, I think the um, uh, yeah, we do have pressure on us to to get at least a point, but there is pressure on City as well. They want to maintain the gap, but also they want to. I think they want to stay undefeated. Um, yep. What if we become the They'll first team to defeat them this season? What a shot in the arm that would be for us. I, I think it's huge, you know. Lynn, when, when you look at the Liverpool team this season, I do honestly think that we're the only side that can that, that can match City. And when you look at Naby Keita coming in next year and, and the size that Jürgen Klopp is, is looking to make, do you think we can actually challenge for the league? No, I think of course we can, you know. Um... This season, we'd be a lot freaking closer if it wasn't for a bit of bad luck and a couple of silly, silly mistakes. Um, I think players like Naby and Virgil are going to help us get rid of those mistakes out, out, out of our kind of play. So, yeah, we definitely can challenge challenge for the league. And I fully believe we, we have it in us to beat City this season in terms of the next time we play them. Uh, I would accept a draw. I'm not saying I wouldn't, wouldn't accept it, but... I think we can beat them on our day. We can beat anyone. Um, rightly, like obviously mentioned with Coutinho not being there, maybe Salah not being fit. We might find it a little bit harder than we would have if they were fit. But, you know, we can do it. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, guys, thanks very much. I think it's been, uh, I think it's been an interesting input. I think, interestingly enough, that the, the, the next pod that we will have will be after the Manchester City game. And I will have that rather drunk Irish guy of ours uh, jo- joining me here, in, actually in the Liverpool room. Um, to... I can argue with him again. Yeah, well, uh, the, the MA Chan lookalike, you know, with his lovely hair. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Chan too. I'm quite looking forward to Thanks everybody for listening to, uh, to, to, to an interesting football pod tonight on uh, Liverpool West 7 and the FA Cup. Uh, thank you very much to our residents, uh, Mr Guy Drinkle, who pitched up late. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Glenn Thomas, who should have been hosting but actually managed to pitch up late. Well, you know, better late than never. A wonderful Australian editor-in-chief, uh, Mr Rob Karabalski. Thank you, thank you. And, uh, you know, our resident author, it's Anthony Richards. Give us, give us books to read, even if they are shit. 99. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much, guys. Um, everybody, hook us up on, uh, on, on online at uh, www.liverpoolroom.com and on Twitter at Liverpool Room. Thanks very much, and we'll see you again Back off, I was looking at my beer thinking I think I think I need another one. <laughs>